with Max Anderson, product manager for micro drainage within Innovise. And we're very excited to be working with the team here to broaden the range of SUDS components that it's possible to model. And I think it's fair to say that Innovise have been leading the way in technology disruption, bringing new um, approaches to modelling SUDS with a much wider range of users. As we know, it's not just the purview of drainage engineers. There's much more to it than that. So I'm going to ask Max to tell us a little bit about their thinking and the, the future of sustainable urban drainage within the Innovise team and how this modelling software is going to help people to think more creatively and move away from the sort of conventional end of pipe approaches that we often see in some of our designs. So Max, tell me a little bit about what you guys have been up to and some of the things that you're developing to sort of change the landscape for all of us in the industry, really. Yeah, well, thank you very much for the for the opportunity to, to speak, um, Charlotte. It, it's fantastic to be able to to be able to engage with people like yourselves and um, with many different engineers um, and different um, stakeholders uh, around the industry in what is really a very exciting time um, for SUDS, um, particularly here at Innovise uh, and some of the work that we've been doing um, to try and, and make SUDS more accessible and um develop the ways in which um, engineers can, can utilise modelling tools um, such as microdrainage uh, or design tools uh, to really in- encourage good SUDS design as well. Um, so when, when we're talking about SUDS, a lot of people have these different structures in mind. Um, that, for example, uh, just a, one large bioretention um, at the end of pipe solution, the old bomb crater, as I'm sure many people are, are aware of. Um, but really, we can do so much more with that. We can look at distributing um, distributing suds across a site, looking at a joined up approach, delivering benefits not only to drainage design engineers, but also to highways teams, to landscape architects, it, developing this sense of place as well as um, as well as being able to obviously deal with our surface water runoff um, as well. So that's exactly what we've been we've been doing here and the team at Innovise has been uh, focusing quite hard on over the past few years. Um, and we've developed specific sets um, of tools to help engineers do that, both with our MD SUDS module um, inside of microdrainage that, that many engineers will be familiar with, um, but also uh, with XP drainage as well in a more international setting, uh, because SUDS in, in, in the UK um, it is also um, is also widely uh, similar approaches uh, around the west rest of the globe um, as well. Um, so particularly in, in America and Australia, where we talk about things like um, water sensitive urban uh, design or low impact developments, uh, the, there's always a lot of crossover as well. Uh, but it's nice to, to, to be able to, to see that engineers around the world are d- dealing with very similar problems in regards to SUDS. Absolutely. And I think using your software gives a confidence to people who don't usually use suds you know it's not always like the bob bray associates of the world where they've got a civil engineer in house who can do it so a lot of people want to have that confidence with the software to actually use more creative suds approaches and you were really kind to come and talk to us at the leeds roadshow we did and there are a lot of highways engineers that had never really seen the capabilities of this kind of approach so what do you think the sort of challenges are to bringing people on site and changing mindsets from the end of pipe to using these different components within the software definitely so the first thing to say is that um, the realm of of software and and often scary sort of expertise um, that people sort of 
build up and then and then want to keep to themselves. That's exactly what we don't want to be doing. What we want to be doing is breaking down barriers towards collaboration. So something like software, the ability for people to be able to quickly utilize information from different sources. So be that picking up um, an architect's layout plans, maybe a highways engineer's level changes on a road. Uh, and being able to immediately start to understand how changes made in any of those disciplines will impact a site's development and therefore it's um, things like green blue corridors of where water wants to run across a site um, we can get a much better understanding of that at an earlier stage and rather than having this niche very siloed information or skill set we can actually start to share that skill set out and get a better and a more informed design through using collaborative approaches with software um, between people like landscape architects in particular. Uh, and that comes in, in both making the software easy to understand, being able to utilize lots of inputs and being able to develop outputs in the right format. So things like 3D visualization or demonstration of overland flow paths in a, in a simple 2D analysis um, to show people where water wants to go and, and get us some good public engagement. Um, but also in, in making sure that the software is easy to use and, and user-friendly and isn't head, hidden away in, in, in the realm of a specialist academic or, or someone like that, but is informed and enables uh, engineers to be able to design with, with confidence um, and giving them a, a slightly um, a tool that can be used in a, in a wide variety of circumstances. And I suppose with us particularly working with suds tree pits and also we talk about things like filter strips and swales and we often have tree pits with rain gardens above our system these are sort of messy concepts to put into into software aren't they because you know one of my friends Sue Wilman said you know a swale is not an even thing it's quite hard to plop into software how do you work around those kind of challenges and difficulties Absolutely. So it, it is a challenge when, when when we look at something like a pipe and we compare it to a, a tree pit, um, the way in which water moves through both of those structures is quite different in, in a pipe. If we lay that pipe at a slope, we really know that water is going from, provided we've not got cracks or leaks or things like that, water is going from one end of that object to the other end of that object. And it's just moving um, in a relatively well predicted and well understood fashion. Um, what we get when we start to look at, at uh, more complex flow interactions in, in substructures um, is a whole host of different ways in which water can move through that structure. So we've got to consider things like filtration rates, percolation through soil media, things like that, evapotranspiration and interception uh, from any, um, any plant-based matter that, that will be living within that, that, that soil. So where we're looking to utilise a tree, for example, in, in a tree pit. Um, infiltration rates um, in and around our soil, as well as potentially any more conventional systems like a, a piped underdrain system or a piece of storage. Um, so the problem does become slightly more complex in the number of flow paths that are available to us. And really that drove, um, that drove us as uh, Innovice to look at ways in which we can enhance the modeling capabilities um, and simulation capabilities of the engines that we're we're using within our software to be able to deal with um, with, with objects like that. So, for example, in our microdrainage software, we introduced flow through structures, where rather than modeling, for example, a swale um, as an on-node structure, so at a, at a at a point location, because that will have a a, a flow through and along that structure's length we can actually replace a link instead so we can replace a pipe with this swale and account for things like its percolation rates infiltration rates um, and evapotranspiration 
um, as well as the natural delay in moving from an upstream to a downstream end of a structure such as that. That's really interesting because we tend to get engineers asking, especially um, highways engineers, um, for linked tree pits as buffers alongside these linear assets, as, as we call them. So would that be something that that flow structure capability would be able to help us with absolutely so so a tree pit is a great example um you could either look to analyze the tree pit as a sort of piece of node storage where you might just have an individual tree pit on its own with a relatively well-defined um volume but for example where we're seeing really uh, ingenious schemes of of combined storage all all the way underneath and 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 several tree uh, tree pits uh, making up our our street space or, or providing a buffer between uh, traffic uh, and perhaps the pedestrian footway, um, then absolutely we can we can look at something like that and, and model that as a um, as a one large linear structure uh, to sit aside linear assets such as roads and, and railways. That's really interesting. And another component that often gets mixed up with the tree pit schemes is permeable paving. So I'm sure that you've got ways of modelling all of these different components working in tandem for. Yeah, and, and you, you hit the nail on the head there um, with the in-tandemness. And, and that's something that I think previously um, s- people have felt with, with regards to SUDS, that it's designed me one piece of storage to solve all of my problem for the site. And that's really not what we uh, want to see in good SUDS design. What we want to do is break those, uh, those sub-catchments, those contributing areas, down and looking to deal with the... Um, the, the, the water at source, close to source and close to the surface as well. Um, so we can do that within um, our software and we can analyse the impact of several different sod structures working in tandem with one another. And that's also promoted as best practice uh, by things like the Sirius Suds Manual, which looks particularly in regards to water quality to provide different levels of treatment as well. So where we're looking at providing two or even three stages of treatment um, to, to our water, um, then we need to look at utilising those objects in tandem with one another as well. So have you seen sort of the scale of ambition and creativity of people's use of the software change over time as it's been optimised? Because I've seen a lot of developments change for the better. So obviously they're using your software to actually make this happen. So. Yeah, definitely. We've, we've seen some, some good examples um, in Wales recently where there's been a legislative driver which has pushed... Um, people into SUDs um, much more uh, perhaps uh, stringently than, than previous legislation or, or legislation in other um, areas of the UK has. Um, and we, we are seeing um, good schemes starting to come through and starting to develop um, in areas like that. Um, and we talk here very much about SUDs as standard. Um, so the idea that the implementation and integration of these structures um, should be common practice um, inside um, good drainage design engineering. So uh, networks should be utilising SUDs as, as normal, really. Um, that, that should hopefully, um, and I think now we are starting to see evidence that, it, that we are driving towards that gold standard um, uh, of SUDs first and only then when we're not able to, for whatever reason, meet the, the SUDs requirement or the requirements for SUDs, do we, do we fall back to some of the more traditional approaches that we've seen. And obviously you do sometimes need to have these hybrid approaches where you will have some conventional storage and some SUDS approaches. So that's really where your software comes into its own in a way because people have got that capability to see what the end result might be and 
change it. And I know in Wales they're using your asset management software quite a lot to look at their contributions that they're looking for from developers to say how how long do we need to be managing these for and how much money do we need for each asset so yeah so there, there is a joined up piece um uh, as well with some of the other software that we offer as um as Innovise as well um but but wider than that the the industry needs to be considering adoption maintenance and, and ongoing best management of these structures once they they go into the ground we've seen uh, SABs in, in Wales take up an adoption responsibility. We've seen water companies are likely to take on adoption responsibilities in England um, following changes to, to sewers for adoption uh, legislation uh, due to come in, um, hopefully uh, in the not too distant future um, as well. So again, designing with uh, adoption considerations in mind and then again, utilising the power of software for ongoing maintenance um, and managing things like how frequently we need to cut the grass in our swales or um, go and check on, on jetting out a, uh, an inlet to, uh, to, to, to a typical um, or gullies and things like that. Um, that's absolutely something that we can, we can harness the power of software to, to do as well. So to finally conclude, what do you think the future is going to be for your SAD software? Obviously, there's constant need to refine and modify and move forward. What do you think the sort of next gaps to plug might be for the industry in terms of technological innovation? Absolutely. So I think we, we talk a lot um, as well as, as SADS and Standard as wanting to, to, to really find the, the, the next practice uh, as well as best practice. Um, and I think for us, that's going to uh, to to be um, tools that will um, look to utilise um, suds in the whole asset lifecycle as well. So we, we talked a bit about asset management, um, but we've also got uh, things and in integration to other um, software packages, not necessarily Innovise software um, uh, as well, um, about how we can we can look at construction of these items or moving that through particularly in regards to some of the drivers civil engineers face in regards to BIM, um, uh, then that's certainly something that, that we have been increasing our capabilities um, in terms of the micro-drainage software um, here at Innovise for. Uh, but it, it is a fantastic time um, and really exciting to see the industry moving forwards um, and, and SUDS becoming more mainstream um, and taking, taking up a, a more central role. Um, we're not uh, it's not perfect by any means. There are obviously questions over adoption, legislation that could be tightened, um, and, and we will see and, and test and adjust as an industry uh, to how we do this. But um, the inclusion of more types of substructures, um, I think the, the promotion of best practice um, as well, and using our platform as Innovise, working alongside partners such as Green Blue Urban to, to do that, um, can only be for, for the best, really. Well, thank you very much for your time, Max. Thank, thank you, you very much, Alan.